This is Milton Justice, and welcome to my podcast, I Don't Need an Acting Class. As I think over the ills that plague actors today, I mean, I keep talking about them as the sins, but uh, we play cliches, or we make choices based on movies we've seen, or we make performance choices, or line-reading choices. But one of the really big issues, and something that we very seldom think about, is that there is an idea behind the play. And because we don't understand that there's an idea behind the play, often our work is very, very pedestrian, or we push it. So the thing to keep in mind, writers have something to say. And as an actor, the fact that you know what the idea, and by idea, I mean it's a universal idea. It's a cosmic idea. So when you're making a choice, it becomes a choice that feeds the theme, feeds the idea of the play. And it's not just a choice for choice's sake. Um, and, and I think it's a really important issue because man, we think we make these really, really, really gifted choices, but they've got nothing to do with the play that we're in. Another part of it is, and this is a, boy, this is a big issue. Once we understand what the idea is, then we have to understand that it is a big idea. And if we can come up to the size of this idea, then we grow, both as people and as actors. It's not necessarily easy to figure out what the theme, what the idea of a play is. I love this story. When Sheldon Harnick and Jerry Bach were writing Fiddler on the Roof, the choreographer and uh, the director, Jerome Robbins, kept coming in and he'd say, what is this about? And they'd look at him and they'd say, well, it's a story about a farmer in Russia. And Robbins would yell, no, that's not what it was about. And so they'd go back to the drawing board. And then the next day he'd come in and they'd say, so what's it about? And he'd say, well, it's about three sisters and their Jewish milkman father. And he'd once again, he'd go, no, no, that's not what it's about. Finally, one day they looked at him and they said, it's about tradition. And Robbins looked at them and said, that's it. Now write a musical about tradition. And interestingly enough, for its time, it became the longest running play in Broadway history. It's also a play that has been done successfully all over the world. And why? Because people understand the concept of tradition. And the writers came up to the idea. I once heard Arthur Miller talking to a group of young writers, and it was significant to me because what he said to them is, you might not know what your theme is when you start to write a play. You may write because you hear the voices and you want to write them down. There may be a story that interests you and write it down. But once you understand what the theme is, this is how long ago it was. He said, type it out on a strip of paper and tape it to your typewriter. 
and make sure that everything you write feeds into this idea. I think the process is similar for an actor. And I say that because I don't think that you can sit down and read a play and automatically know what the idea is. You can't sit down and read a play and say, this is the theme. Um, you grow. You grow through a rehearsal process. You grow through the idea that you discover as you're working on it. And because of that, you then eventually get to what the idea of the play is. And there's an important note here. I know that there were so many directors out there that block right away and they make these demands. But the fact of the matter is Stanislavski gave up blocking plays. And the reason he gave up blocking plays was it was his belief that any movement came from the actor's understanding of what the play was about. And so as your understanding of the play got clearer, things would change. I think that's another hard concept for us. We fall in love with a choice. We fall in love with something we're doing. We marry ourselves to it and, and we cannot change. But the fact of the matter is the rehearsal process is a growing process. And the more I understand about the character, the more I understand about the play, it just makes sense that it's going to change. And I need to give myself permission to do that. Uh, what is a theme? Let's say it's a universal idea. It, let's even use the term, it is a cosmic idea. It's an idea that has been a part of humanity since the beginning of recorded time. These are ideas that affect people. These are ideas that define people. And, and here is a really, really disturbing piece of information about the realistic play. You do not leave a realistic play with an answer. What you leave with is an understanding, a clearer understanding of the problems of life. I think of it as when the curtain goes down as an actor, what do you want the audience to think? When we fade to black, what do we want the audience to think? One of the things that I think we have to also do for ourselves as actors is to re-educate ourselves in the way that we see the world. I mean, there really is a difference between the way an actor sees the world and audiences see the world. The non-artist, yeah, I'm a snob. The non-artist sees the world as just something there that's there to occupy space. But as an actor, you begin to look at moments in everyday life and realize the kind of elevated idea it is. God, I, I, I had an almost religious moment on a subway a couple of months ago when I was watching a woman read to her son. And I mean, this is like a noisy subway and it's, it's that, but he was propped up in her lap and she was reading to him as if the rest of the subway car didn't exist. And you looked at it and you said, yes, that is the idea of the love a mother has for her child. 
And, and, and it's important that you begin to identify that. Another tragic thing that I see all the time, and I know all of you will see it, is you go to a restaurant and you see a couple at a table and one of them is texting and the other is on the phone. But again, this is an idea. This is an idea about how in modern life we have stopped communicating with people. It's a tragic idea, but man, these are the things that are the big ideas of plays. Themes and universal ideas are on the street constantly. I, I, I mean, I really do think there's an exercise you do as an actor that you look at something and you say, yes, that is an idea. And it begins to be how you see things. So I, I, guess, I, I guess the point is that as actors, we have to stop just being the audience. We have to stop being the people who just come sit down in the chair and say, show me. We have to be involved in it. We have to have an opinion about it. We have to have a connection to it. Don't go anywhere. I don't need an acting class. The podcast will return after this. I really am humbled that you have responded so well to our podcast. It was Walker's idea and I fought it and he assured me that there was a marketplace for it. That was the first chapter. But the interesting thing is he also mentioned that he hears from people all the time who say, you know, I, I want more, I want more. And obviously there is more. The bonus subscription will allow you to hear the unedited versions of the podcast if you want to go deeper. And then in addition, we're going to start a series of conversations with actors. And I've spoken to my former student, Mark Ruffalo, and Margo Martindale that I've directed, Chris Carmack, who's now in Grey's Anatomy, Sean Astin, who obviously was in Lord of the Rings. And as a bonus subscriber, you will be able to write in questions. Other benefits include video episodes, chapters of Milton's next book, and personal audio responses to your acting questions. Sign up today at I don't need an acting class.com. Many years ago, I had lunch with Mark Ruffalo after a matinee performance uh, that he was doing of a Clifford Odette's play called Awake and Sing. It was a wonderful performance. I, I was blown away by his performance. In fact, he was nominated for a Tony Award. I was amazed at the depths that he reached in this play and playing this man. And so I asked him his secret. Uh, and I, I do this a lot. If I have a, an ex-student, I want to know what worked. What did you use? Where, where, how did you get where you did? And he said that he discovered that the through-line action, the spine, the core of this character was to find a home. Now, what's interesting about that is, is what was really, really clear is that Mark understood the size of the idea of home. He knew he wasn't talking about, I got a good deal in the New York Times. He was talking about the human need that a person has to connect to a place or to people who complete you as a person. And, and I mean, that's it. It's like, you are my home. 
he had to do a lot of work to do it. I mean, it's not just something that he came up with. His dressing room was littered with pictures of the Depression and photographs and pictures of homeless people and pictures of, of lines of things. I mean, famous, famous pictures from the period. But once he cobbled together all that information about the Depression and the hundreds of thousands of people who slept in cardboard boxes, he understood the character's need to find a home. An interesting thing, man, and this is what really hit me. An interesting thing happened when I was leaving at the matinee. I overheard a woman say to another person, she said, my God, this could have happened today. I thought that was fantastic. That what the audience was getting was the play. Nobody turned to them and said, boy, that Mark Ruffalo was really good. They weren't. They were getting the play. Some time ago, I was listening to NPR, and they were interviewing the violinist, Hilary Hahn. And she said that the high point of her career was when her mother said to her after a performance that she was so riveted by her playing, she forgot that it was her daughter. And I, I think, man, that's what we want. We want people to see that we understand what we're talking about. And that, and that is what they see. Our connection to what we're talking about is what the audience walks away with. I mean, I talk about this in class all the time. What is this about? What are you connecting to? What is it that you want to know? I, I mean, this is a big issue. What the audience responds to is what is inside the actor. And what is inside the actor is this understanding of this theme. Knowing what your play is about, I have to tell you, is such a relief. You, it keeps you from wandering around aimlessly hoping that you'll bump into a character or hoping that you'll bump into your action. You're not just making any choice. You're making a choice that feeds what the play is about. I mean, it really is. It's the reason Fiddler on the Roof was a hit in China, of all places. This is about a Jewish family during the pogrom in Russia, but it played in China because everyone in China understands the concept of tradition. When you understand the theme, you have a foundation to hold on to for all your choices. When you understand the theme of the play, you have a foundation. You have something to hold on to. In the same way Arthur Miller said to the writers, make sure everything feeds into the theme. When you have a foundation, then all your choices feed into the theme. And so it helps you get rid of a lot of debris. You say, oh, I don't have to build that. I don't have to build this. It's got nothing to do with where I'm, where I'm headed. So now I'm not building a bunch of garbage. When you have a sense of the size of the theme, it keeps you from trivializing the writer. I, I, I worry so much that so much of theater has become pedestrian. And I think it's just beca it's become pedestrian because... We're not, we're not understanding how big these ideas are. We don't look at a mother reading to her child on the subway and think, my God, isn't that wonderful? You know, despite everything in the world, 
there is a love between a mother and a child. In our next episode, which I call Size Matters, I want us to explore exactly how we use themes and where they come from and the difference between a theme that has a size and a theme that doesn't. Hi, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Director of online media is Evan Sollers, and music is provided by David DeJuice. If you have a question or comment you'd like Milton to address on an upcoming episode, email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for listening.